This is Sandy, and I'm here with Kyle, and we have a special treat for you today. As you may know, we recently recorded a live show at the Rooted in Jesus conference in Atlanta with Bishop Curry and two very special guests. Today, we're going to bring you the first part of that episode. Please enjoy, and we'll be back with you in two weeks for the continuation. May the way open before you. Welcome back to The Way of Love, a podcast about following Jesus and changing the world. I'm Sandy Milien, co-host of the show and missioner for community engagement in the Episcopal Diocese of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And I'm Kyle Oliver, lead producer at Learning Faith and Media and co-producer of the Faith and Finance Conference. Thank you all so much for being with us here for this live episode at Rooted in Jesus in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, welcome. Today we'll be welcoming two special guests. The first is the Reverend Dr. William Barber, President of Repairs of the Breach, Architect of the Moral Mondays Movement, and Co-Chair of the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for more revival. And with that, we'll turn things over to Bishop Curry and his guest. Well, I want to welcome you, Bishop Barber, to the Way of Love and and tell us about being Bishop Barber. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting conversation. Uh-huh. And let me first of all say it, it's Episcopal, but it feels kind of Pentecostal in here. This a little morning. Pentecostal. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and when they all got together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, um, you know, I grew up, we grew up in eastern North Carolina. Right. My grandfather's 500 years of ministry on my father's side of the family alone, mm-hmm. 300 years of ministry on my mother's side of the family. <laughs> my great-grandfather uh, was bishop in the, in the Church of Christ, Disciples of Christ. Right. A few years ago, um, I was in conversation with Bishop Yvette Flunder, mm-hmm. with TFAM, College of Affirming Bishops. And I had been asked to join various college of bishops, um, um, to particularly over the work, to, to, over the work of repairers and also some other work I want to do called Justice, Love, and Action Ministry, working with clergy under 40 on how to do prophetic and pastoral ministry together, not seeing them as a kind of a dichotomy, but why you need to be a pastoral and prophetic. And when I talked to Bishop Flunder, I actually said, you know, I wanted to, if I was going to be consecrated, I wanted to do it there for this reason. You know, I've been through a lot of the battles uh, with the LGBTQ community in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was when I was president of NAACP, was the first and only state chapter of the NAACP mm-hmm. that took on same-sex marriage as a right. Mm-hmm. Um I helped write the piece, the, 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 the motion for mm-hmm. the NAACP to come fully out and support right. LGBT community. Took some hits. I remember that. I was in North Carolina. Uh, um, actually, before Obama came, yeah. some said that what happened in North Carolina helped move him. But you know, a lot of times we talk about the church affirming our, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. The mm-hmm. church affirming. So you have somebody who's straight. Mm-hmm. That will then affirm, pray for, bring in, ordain somebody who's LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I was going to be con- uh, consecrated, I wanted to reverse the order and say maybe I needed to be welcomed in yeah. as a straight man. Mm-hmm. 
and that it was theologically significant that I could receive consecration from a woman who was also same gender loving mm-hmm. as a true sign to the church about reconciling love yes. and radical love. Yes. That it, we can't always be the ones welcoming others in because sometimes that can be also a kind of domination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to welcome you. Right. When in fact, maybe it was reversed. I needed to be welcomed. Yes. And I'm honored today that they welcomed me into that fellowship, TFAM, where most of the persons happen to be LGBTQ, right. T, but they welcomed me as a straight man to be a part of that College of Bishops. And I've been serving now for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to tell me something. We go back, we go back to more Monday days in North Carolina, mm-hmm. but before, but somehow something got hold of you. And you have found a way to combine the pastoral and the prophetic in a way that is profoundly priestly. Mm-hmm. You have actually been able to do that. And I'm wondering where that comes from and where that comes from in your life story. We, we know about Moral Mondays. We're going to talk about that in a second. We know a little bit about, you know, repairing the breach and the poor people's campaign. But where does that come from for Bishop William Barber? Where does this? And I know it comes from God, ultimately. Right. But 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 where? On this side of Jordan, does that come from for you? I think I had one of the greatest teachers in William Joseph Barber Sr., my father. Uh, okay. Um, I miss him. I, sometimes I tear up thinking about him. But my father taught me there was no separation between Jesus and justice. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He went to CTS seminary uh, back in the 60s. <clears throat> and after the March on Washington, he made a decision to come back to the South. We were in Indianapolis, Indiana. Right. I was his only child. Mm-hmm. And and he made a decision from the perspective of a pastor that he needed to come back to the South mm-hmm. and be engaged in desegregation of schools. A Macedonian call. Uh, as a matter of faith, hmm. right, that he needed to come back home. And he did. Came back to Eastern North Carolina, Martin mm-hmm. County, Plymouth, Washington County. You know those counties. Right. And in fact, um, those schools did not desegregate until 1970. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means I uh, went to a segregated kindergarten, first grade and second grade. So it's not ancient history to me. Right. But my father showed me this model mm-hmm. that, in fact, to be pastoral, Right. meant you had to be also prophetic mm-hmm. and to carry it as a matter of a, a sacred way of living, mm-hmm. priestly way of living, mm-hmm. that you could not say you were concerned about your people pastorally and then not be concerned prophetically about the issues that were impacting your people mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So even way before seminary, I learned that from my father, William Joseph Barber Sr., and uh, he died in 1988 uh, uh, at 61 years of age. Uh, And the night before he died, I was preparing my Sunday school lesson, and this lesson was about Elisha, passing the mantle to Elisha. And the next morning, I got a call that he was dead. He He died. Well, when Elijah passed it on to Elisha, mm-hmm. the story says he got a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. 
That's what they said. And, and trouble, that, too. And, and, and trouble, too. That was troubler of Israel. That's right. That's right. Well, tell me, in, in all of your work, Moral Mondays, um, Poor People's Campaign, Repairing the Breach, um, and the work that goes on now, um, you have been an advocate of Jesus and love. And if I may uh, channel Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one to channel. Because I think too often people don't ask that. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, when we were fighting in North Carolina against real, real extremist persons that wanted to do some, did some horrendous things mm -hmm. regarding health care and whatnot, I was taught you you must fight in a way that you don't become what you're fighting. Yes. Yes. So you always must keep love at the center, love that loves a nation or a state enough to challenge it, mm -hmm. to hope for change, to even believe in the redemptive possibilities of those whom you're challenging. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's, I try to keep that at the center. Uh, in the Poor People's Campaign, uh, as we look at the realities of poverty, 140 million poor people and low-wealth people in this nation today, 43% mm -hmm. of this country is poor and low wealth. Mm -hmm. 250,000 people die every year, 700 people a day from poverty. We had seven people to die from vaping and we called it a national emergency. Right. And we have not yeah. yet had poverty deemed as a national emergency by the, by the political system. Mm -hmm. But Jesus saw it as a national emergency. He saw it as a mm -hmm. spiritual emergency. Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 I believe that to love the way Jesus loved yes. is to first of all take seriously the two thousand scriptures in the Bible that that say in the public square the people of faith must be concerned about the poor, mm -hmm. the children, women, the least of these, the immigrant, mm -hmm. the immigrant, yes. uh, and those on the margins. And that love, real true love, and not just altruistically, right. right, but true agape love, true love has to believe in transformation, that things do not have to be this way. Now, Dr. Fisher, Lisha, excuse me, who wrote a book on Dr. King, once said in a class to us, Dr. King, for instance, didn't get shot for love. He got shot for bringing up love in all the wrong places. Right, right. Like, how does this law reflect the love you claim? Right. How does how does this policy reflect the love you, you <laughs> claim? Uh, if you claim to be Christian, how do you claim to be Christian and then not be concerned? Mm -hmm. You know, as I often say, mm -hmm. how do you say so much about what God says so little and so little about what God says so much? Yes. And so, yes. so love... Uh, and I love the way Jesus gets at it in Luke's gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, um, John talks a lot about love, but Luke starts out as Jesus in the ghetto, Nazareth. Yeah. Yeah. First sermon is in the ghetto. Yeah. And the ghetto almost kills him. Hmm. Because the ghetto has become so um, traumatized by the politics of Caesar, right. 
that the ghetto had stopped even believing mm -hmm. in the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. So that when Jesus goes in the ghetto and preaches, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, mm -hmm. the potokos, those who've been made poor by exploitation. Mm -hmm. The people there were expecting something different. Yeah. And then it says in the text, Bishop, that when he then said, now this love I'm talking about is not just for you, mm -hmm. it's even for Gentiles. Oh, that's love in the wrong place. Right. The yeah. Bible says, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. See, we love to quote that scripture, the spirit uh -huh. of the Lord is upon me to preach good news in the right. poor, but we don't keep reading. It says, and that day yeah. they tried to kill him. Mm -hmm. Right. They tried to kill him. But, but. Jesus start, he, you don't see love there, but you do see love there because of the categories of concern that the Holy Spirit brings forth. Hmm. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor, healing to the brokenhearted, yes. recovery of sight to the blind, hmm. deliverance to the, the, to the prisoner, hmm. liberty to them that are bruised. And then he adds this category that, that's really it's almost too much love to be handled. All those that have been made to feel unacceptable. Yes, yes. And I and, and Jesus says, I declare that this jubilee of love has come now in me, and I release all those who follow me mm. to be moved by that same spirit. Now, can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. Can, yeah. you, can you imagine how Caesar heard that? You know Caesar. I'm yeah. going to talk about him a little bit in the sermon. You're not talking about Caesar, Jack, Caesar Jackson. No, no. Yeah, you're talking about the Caesar. I'm talking about Caesar that loved to build buildings and put his name on them. Yeah. That's Caesar. I'm talking about Caesar that mm -hmm. had the Senate under his control. Oh, that's Caesar. Okay. That's Caesar. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why they, they're acting like, I'm talking about first century. I yeah. don't even know yeah. what yeah. the Episcopals are talking about. That's right. I'm talking about that Caesar that lied all the time. Yeah, that Caesar. That Caesar. That Caesar. That Caesar that would assassinate his enemies and love to keep war going just so that the war economy could be funded in the first century. That Caesar. That Caesar. That Caesar that catered to the one percent. That Caesar that did not that that agreed with Cicero that the poor people were the dregs of the city. I see. That Caesar. How did that Caesar hear Jesus? Mm. When Jesus said, Caesar, with all your narcissism and egotism, you are not the center of the universe or the center of the attention of God. Poor for God. Yes. Well. That love. Not, I'm glad you were speaking historically. I'm speaking historically. <laughs> not just existentially. That's right. <laughs> but, well, the, but the spirit may still live. It is a spirit. Of Caesar. Oh, yes may be well alive in many places. And it may be that this Jew. That's right. Something's happening in this Jew. That's right. Well, you're going to look for love in all the wrong places. In all the wrong places. What's going to happen in June? On June 20th, 2020, uh -huh. we are calling for a mass poor people's assembly mm -hmm. and moral march on Washington. Mm -hmm. For the last three years, we have been waking folk up to the reality of five interlocking injustices, systemic racism, systemic poverty, ecological devastation, the war economy, and the distorted moral narrative of religious nationalism. Mm -hmm. 
that does not talk about Jesus. If you ever notice religious nationalism mm-hmm. and so-called white evangelicalism, they don't talk about Jesus. They nope. say our opinion or this is what we believe. Right. But they never talk about it in terms of Jesus because Jesus is problematic. Right. When when you think that yes. when you think all God is about is being against gay people, being against a woman's right to choose, being for prayer in the school, being for guns, being for war, and being for tax cuts, Jesus is kind of problematic to that agenda. He is. Yeah. His love just yeah. doesn't, you know. It doesn't work that way. Mm, no, no, it doesn't no. work that way. So, so but, but we see those as five interlocking injustices mm-hmm. that are traumatizing the soul of America. Yes. And it's not just about any party, political party. Mm-hmm. It is really about us, about mm-hmm. who we say we are. And more importantly, who must the church be when these five interlocking injustices are still connected? Yes. What love must we declare yes. in the midst of that? So we're calling, mm-hmm. we, we've been spending time waking people up. Uh, um, you know, get woke, as they say. Mm-hmm. But then there's a song that was that's been done in um, was honor of Nina Simone that said, "It's not the waking, it's the rising." Mm-hmm. See, you can be woke oh. and still in bed, that's right? <laughs> <laughs> and you can send tweets from your bed and yeah. emails from your bed. But there comes a time, yeah. like Jesus, Jesus, you must embody love. Yes, yes. You must physically take it on. Hmm. And you must show it in the street. Yes. And so on June 20 of 2020, uh, we're calling poor people, low wealth people, their allies, moral allies and advocates to march on Washington for an assembly of poor people. Mm-hmm. And on that day, it will not be a bunch of us talking about and for the poor. Imagine Bishop Curry coming on that day hmm. as a bishop of the Episcopal Church but introducing a member of the Episcopal Church that's mm. struggling because they don't get paid a living wage. Yes, yes. Because of policy. Right. Or they've had a child die because politicians who get free health care mm-hmm. simply by getting elected yeah. and claim Jesus don't want the statistics to have the same thing. And imagine Bishop Curry introducing that person and that person tells their story and puts a face because love will make you see something. Yes. Puts a face on the pain, but then also with that same face and voice says, here's how we get out of this Mm -hmm. immoral situation and has a policy suggest and declares we're not going to be silent anymore. We're not going to be hidden anymore. And Bishop Curry, I tell you, uh, as we close this, I know how much we better be about the business of loving because there are some people, even in political places, that are so broken they are dangerous. Yeah, yeah. They Somewhere in mm-hmm. their lives they've been so traumatized that the only thing they can think of to do with power is hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that thinking about some of the threats Amen. we're getting even now. Yeah. Because what I also know is that the love of God is so powerful. Yep. It even overcomes death. Yes. It even overcomes death. Mm-hmm. Dr. King said this one time, in love, 
thinking about when, when he refused to go to violence. Hmm. I'd rather be dead than afraid. Yes. And in a yes. real sense, I'd rather be dead than afraid to trust the love of Jesus. Amen. Now with that, the church just said amen, doctor. Amen, Bishop. The spirit of Elijah is now on you. The spirit of Jesus. Dr. Barber, thank you for being with us. Bishop Barber, thank you for being with us. And thank you for being a witness to the way of love, the way of Jesus. God bless you, Bishop. See you June 20, 2020. Thank you all. Thank you for joining us for this special live episode of The Way of Love. Um, this episode was produced by Kyle Oliver, Nancy Davidge, Jerusalem Greer, Jeremy Tackett, Chris Sikama, and me, Sandy Milien. Our editor is Kyle Oliver with assistance from Aaron Wayne St. John. Special thanks to Stephanie Spellers, Bill Campbell, and everyone else who made this possible. Our theme and reflection music is by Ana Hernandez. Our website is by Caleb Heitzman, and you can check it out at wayoflove.episcopalchurch.org. Learn more about today's guest at breachrepairs.org. I already gave you my pitch about subscribing to the show and rating and reviewing us. I'm, I'm serious. That really helps us. I hope you'll take the time to do that. If you'd like to contribute music or a prayer or feedback, we really do use that stuff. Uh, write us at wayoflove at episcopalchurch.org. Thank you so much for being with us again. Thank you once again to Episcopal Church Foundation, and thank you to Bishop Curry and our guests. Take care, everybody. Thank you. You're invited to join thousands of Episcopalians, neighbors, and friends this summer at the Love Always Revival at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. On Saturday, June 22nd, get immersed in inspiring worship and community, deepen your love for God, kick off the 81st General Convention, and extend a warm welcome to folks discovering the Episcopal Church. The Revival is free to attend, so bring your friends. If you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec lovealways.